Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, welcome to Kingdom Family Talks. I'm David Cho. I am the Executive Director at Global Mission Awareness, and this is my first time interviewing Leif Hetland, our founder and president. Uh, we're starting a new series on the topic of post-traumatic church disorder, or PTCD. Um, personally, I'm excited and nervous about uh, this topic because, uh, like many churchgoers, I've personally experienced my own version of PTCD and, and you know, even going through some of it now. And so uh, I'm glad we're covering this topic because I think it's one of those uh, heavy topics that like over the overall church really needs to hear. There are a lot of hurt Christians, um, people that have left the church uh, and just people just need to hear this message or the overall church, I think just needs to hear this message that you have, Leif. And uh, I had a pastor friend tell me, he said, if you haven't been hurt or burned by the church, uh, just just stick around. it will happen. Um, And so in in preparation for this uh, interview, I've done a little bit of research on church membership in the U.S. According to the uh, 2021 Gallup polls, uh, church membership in the U.S. has uh, fallen drastically in the past several decades. Uh, When Gallup first started measuring these kind of the attendance of church, it was back in 1937, the U.S. church membership was at 73%. 73% of Americans uh, identified as attending church every week, and, and it actually sticked around 70% for 60 years in American history. From 1937, for 60 years, it was at 70%, but the church membership began to fall around 2000 to 2010, and it dropped down to 62%. And now it's at an all-time low at only less than 47% of people in America attend church. Uh, even amongst the Americans who identify as religious or, or uh, have a religious affiliation, uh, only 60% of, of those people attend church. And uh, which is a huge drop from 73% just three years ago. So in the course of three years, we've had 13% of people who identify as religious still attending church and uh, having a membership, which is a pretty big decline. Um, And I know some of the decline can probably be attributed to COVID-19 and the restrictions around that. But I know even personally, many friends uh, and family members who no longer attend church uh, because of past church pains and, and hurts, and I'm sure the majority of our listeners and any churchgoers um, probably can identify, even within their personal circles, people who have been burned by the church and experiencing uh, PTCD or post-traumatic church disorder. Um, so let's get started. Uh, Leif, would you tell me about uh, PTCD and how did this topic come about? Now, first of all, let me just be clear in regard to even we're talking about people being hurt and hurt people hurts people. And of course, you cannot attend church for very long before getting hurt. So that's not even what we are talking about here as a topic, because that would be a disservice to a lot of our soldiers and other 
people that are experiencing a, a, a trauma. So it's different for any soldier that goes to war, and all of them have been affected by it. Mm-hmm. But quite a few of those soldiers comes back with a certain trauma that is affecting some deep area in their life that is, is, is actually very traumatic. And I've had PTSD uh, on a couple of occasions where I've saw mass killings. I saw people going into churches and shooting with machine guns. And so this is different than somebody didn't like me in church or somebody put that little thing on the Facebook that they didn't like my dress or so, so, so I just want to make sure that the audience that is watching, when I am watching the people that on the way, including in a few days, I'm going to be where on the way to church, people are being raped or people are being crucified or they're chopping off the arms and the legs of their people because they love Jesus. Severe persecution that is going on. So for me, I, I encounter from Congo to Sudan to different parts of the world, I I. I got treated for PTSD. So that's one of the reasons I I have an incredible honor and respect for both soldiers and other first-time responders and people that has been affected by post-traumatic stress disorder of trauma. Uh, Also a car accident where I broke my neck, broke my back, body cast, all the surgery. And there was times, including now, when sometimes I see a car accident, it brings me back again. And my body goes through some of that same trauma. I get the tightness in my chest, the breathing problems, and sometimes the nightmares and the things that is affected to that that brought 11 years of opiates just because of all the trauma that I went through with my body. So I'm putting that in. First, let me honor all of the people that are serving our country, that are on the front line, that are paying an extreme price, but also so many of them coming home with trauma, sometimes the night terrors, sometimes, as I'm saying, the, 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 the cold sweat, sometimes it's a sound and you trigger and you're about to explode, or even some people with the guilt of you feel you need to go back again there and to continue. And I've had that so many, many times, I just need to go back again into the Middle East again or to be part of what's going on. The reason I brought the bridge over to the PTCD Again, just to making sure it was connected to, there was a few years ago that uh, I was actually invited to go to Texas to speak and, and to actually meet with a group of leaders of a church, a large church. And I realized some of the symptoms, the same symptoms that I had when I had PTSD. Why do I feel this? Why does this keep me up at night time? Why do I feel this tightness in the chest? Why do I have the sweats? Why do I have the breathing problem? And I didn't know what was going on. And then I realized that in 1999 was one of the major traumas that I had in regard to, I call it being crucified by Christians. But it is not a somebody that teased you, but you were traumatized by the church. And as a result of that trauma, it was in my system and I had all the same physiological things. So about a few months ago, I was down in Louisiana ministering in a church and then I watched just, there was a text that came in. I saw the pastor and the wife and the leadership from a beautiful evening and amazing meal. I recognized this whole tightness. And I was like, I was trying to discern what was going on. The atmosphere just changed in that room. So that morning at the breakfast table was first time I created language. But out of me, I was like, God, what is going on here? Because I could feel from the openness and the freedom. And then there was something that happened and everything was triggered and we're not talking about somebody just was a little stressed, but you could feel it physiologically, psychologically, spiritual, affected everywhere. And that's when I heard PTCD. And I just realized, wow, 
I realized what I had experienced that day when I was heading to Texas was the same symptoms. And then I decided later on to talk to a friend, and we're going to talk about that, who we're going to interview next in this series. And I, I asked my friend, Dr. Mike Hutchins, about it later on when I got home. And he described to me that Leif, he says, uh, uh, because he's ministered to thousands of soldiers and first-time responders, but he said that pastors, not just pastors, but also church members. But I know pastors as an example that, uh, I mean, betrayed by their closest people. And suddenly they're losing the home, they're losing everything, maybe getting falsely accused of something they didn't do. I have a whole church congregation. They gave the life of that congregation. And here they are publicly in front of everybody. They are leaving town and there's something missing in their life. And and, and there needs a deep healing, which is the same healing that we were describing through, through PT's uh, SD. And then, so that church service in Louisiana that Sunday, uh, about, I started to describe, I'm not talking about if you've been hurt by Christians, all of us have. I'm not talking about if you've been hurt by the church, all of us have, or perhaps been rejected by the church. But when there was trauma to the root of that, now we're wondering why hurt people hurts people. And one of the biggest hindrances to revival, one of the biggest hindrances for us to be able to reach the world out there is that we are so wounded and scattered on the inside and often fear, shame, and guilt. The very thing that people have with PTSD is now being manifested in PTCD. And I just realized we need healing. And 70% of the people stood up because this place, people have been raped by pastors, people that have had all kinds of horrific spiritual abuses and i saw jesus starting to heal that and that's what the reason we're even exposing this is to be able to going into helping people to come free so that free people can set people free wow wow yeah i know uh, even in high school i had a very close friend who was raped by her youth pastor and just even the thought and the idea of going to church anymore she was a, a prominent uh, worship leader and just a phenomenal person and just just even the idea of going back into church, you know, literally had her shaking. And um, in high school, she ended up smoking a lot. You know, that, that's one of the ways she was dealing with her. Uh, that kind of trauma was, you know, she picked up smoking and drinking at a very young age. And it was just, it was very heartbreaking to be a part of that and just to see that and uh, just to be, uh, you know, just be your friend through that experience. Um, so you've been in ministry for most of your life across the world, Leif. I mean, you're from Norway. Uh, I know you've traveled through a lot of the U.S. and in Europe and, and, and the Middle East doing ministry. Um, I'm sure you've had some personal experiences with PTCD. Uh, would you talk to me about some major PTCD moments in your life? I think that... Uh... There's no doubt about that some of the things, and, and I don't, because again, I want to honor some of the places that have been, even the people that have dishonored me, but we went through it as a family. I still remember the day when you call into leadership. Maybe there was issues in your life, so I'm not talking about we were perfect or I didn't have a responsibility, but then to watch people that you you thought it was a covenantal relationship in the next moment. I mean, I even remember one of them called my wife and said, I mean, I thought this person was my spiritual father, my leader, and even told my wife, I think your husband even have had an affair. When I hadn't even been alone with a woman, there was not even anything about it. But when you wow. even have people that publicly speaking was trying to just damage you or sitting with a group of these leaders that I was in relationship with and said, if you do not do this and this and this, then what we're going to do, we're going to destroy you. 
in the name of Jesus, we're going to destroy you. We're going to crucify you. And we're going to, you will never minister again. So if you do not do what we say. So some of those things that then later on, when you realized the pain that it caused, when you were going to lose your home, you're going to lose the kids, the damage they had and et cetera. So I, I realized that for me, it's been about four or five incidences that has been so painful, so damaging, or even watching the whole church getting divorced. Uh, we were part of a church where my pastor friend, he had some moral issue. And then suddenly in the next moment, he got kicked out of the church. So now you have to choose. He planted another church. So now it's a divorce within the family. It's like, are you going to choose mama and dad kind of a thing? And we felt that we had to stay. And then because of, if I left because I had a great influence, a lot of other people were following after me and I didn't want to create a worse pain or divorce out of this situation. But I missed the people. That's my friends. That's the church. That's the people that I've done life with. Of course. They, they were the gray space people that was part of my stream. They left and now I, we were left and my wife would left and my kids were left. So when I realized, uh, especially uh, my own family and what they suffered through some of those incidences. Uh, I I have received a lot of healing, but I didn't know until about a year, two years ago that I needed more healing because there were still things when you get squeezed, what's in you comes out. When some of those trauma comes back, certain things, incidences, or administering to other people of horrific traumatic experiences they've had. And I'm bringing in the baptism of love and love goes into some those deepest places and the truth sets people free both the truth and love. So as a result of that, I just decided it's time for us to bring wholeness to the body of Christ. And like you mentioned of your high school friend, pain seeks pleasure. When people have pain in their life, they start to medicate. And we are spending 80, 90% of all of counseling hours trying to helping people that are medicating of different areas, if that's pornography or that's alcohol or drugs or whatever people are medicating, including religion, to trying to cover up hidden core pain in their life. That's one of the reasons that I'm committed, like bringing Dr. Mike or doing some of our, even what we're going to do master classes is to help people on a process towards total freedom so that free people can set people free so that heal people can bring healing to people because that's what Jesus did and he came to set the captive free and so should each one of us when we become free but we cannot help people to freedom until we're starting to experiencing some of that freedom ourselves there would be at least a limitation of much life that can flow out of us and the world out there deserves experiencing a God just like Jesus by encountering people like us that has experienced freedom I love that uh, switch that you did. I, you know, in church, we hear a lot of hurting people hurt people, but that switch that you have of heal, healed people heal people. I love that. Um, so what were some of your personal symptoms in PTCD that you have felt? I know you kind of talked a little bit about that heaviness of when you had PTSD with uh, the car accident and seeing the atrocities in, uh, in different countries. Um, but what did that look like for PTCD and your personal symptoms? And what are some symptoms that people can identify with and look for in PTCD that has that kind of bridge over to PTSD? I think that for some, I mean, some was physiological. I didn't mm. understand it. I felt sometimes I was about to have a heart attack. I mean, I'm called in to meet with a group of elders in a church. These are good people. 
These are people that love me. But for me, they're because of previous experiences. I am tightened up. I don't sleep at night. I have cold sweats. I feel I'm about to have a heart attack. I have breathing problems. I'm going there. And even with a vain imagination that something bad is about to happen, I have suddenly fear comes in and, and, and a phobia and anxiety that affects me physiologically, psychologically, but including spiritual. And then, but, but it's built up on a lie and all of this is built up on a lie. So when, so that would be one practical example. So I felt these physical symptoms that is taking place. But when you see guilt, shame, or fear is coming in, those three were the three major weapons that the enemy was used to try to keep me in bondage when it comes to, uh, oh. including, as I said, I just saw another death uh, at the highway a couple of weeks ago. And again, it brought me back. Uh, and I am not afraid to face. That's what I have in my office here. I have a picture of the car from the car accident. When the accident, uh, I'm facing those areas, the giants that I have overcome. But now and then there's certain things that triggers. For me now, I'm aware when I don't know what to do, I know where to go to find freedom. I know how to be able now to start to work through it. And so, but the, the, the challenge is like the last time I had one of these attacks, I didn't know it was coming before it's too late. And now I'm just feeling like, um, and I didn't realize that's what was going on until right, right. Uh, because I had this experience with PTSD and because I had a couple of years of treatments to be able to go in and deal with trauma, I could recognize, ah, that's what's going on. And I went to the same source and allowing the same love and the same truth that sets me free to go in and to be able to deal with that. And I've had several times I have gone for help, including Dr. Mike, who we're interviewing at least three or four different times. I've gone to him and he has taken me through the prayer ministry and coming in and ministering to me when I've not been able to minister to myself. So I've been very blessed by having, I have a phenomenal psychiatrist friend. I have a couple of other very good tools in my life that when, like including now when I'm heading to the Middle East, I don't know what I'm going to see, things that I'm going to face that's going to trigger things again. And I'm, I'm, I'm going into the darkest places in the world, facing some of the darkest situation. And there is some of those triggers that can come but in the middle of it as i'm saying the beautiful part is that i've been helping now hundreds and hundreds of people to find freedom because i've experiencing freedom but i can understand other people that don't if you have not had it you cannot understand it it doesn't right. make sense i just had somebody the other day that almost hit me when i was about to hug him and he had come from afghanistan uh, i had another person the other day that was just i didn't know he, he's freaking out we we're sitting just at the dinner table and again i found out that Okay, he was also an ex-soldier. There was certain sound that was just triggering something. And right. I understand that. So other people around, why did he do that? Why does he react so much to these small little things? I understood it because I've been there. I right. know what a sound can do and how you can just dive underneath the table again. Or there's another explosion about to happen or here's a rocket launcher. Yeah. I understand how that feels like because I've been there. And that's very beautiful for me is that the area where the serpent has bitten me is where I have the greatest authority today. Right. Um, well, you were talking about your triggers. What are some um, triggers for PTCD that you've noticed in your life? I know you had mentioned the church in Texas. Um, and, and what was a redemptive moment for you in those triggers? Well, I think the, the redemptive moment, first of all, is that I... Uh, I continue. I didn't give up. I mean, if I had stopped even before I traveled there, I didn't know it was exactly 20 years that weekend. So I didn't know what was going on. But when I got there, 
these people were not there to, they were there to bless me. They were there to support oh. me. They were there. I mean, all of it was built up on a lie. So I think that even when I realized all of that, the gladness of this was that I, even before I went there, I realized that this was, I dealt with the, with the PTCD before I got there. But when I got there, I was so blown away. I still struggled all the way to I met with these people. I left there, went back into my hotel room, and I just wept. These people, they sewn $100,000 into Global Mission Awareness. They blessed me, and they were like full of gratitude. How can, thank you so much that we get to be part of what you are doing, and Thank you that we get to have seed in what God is doing in the Muslim world. And thank you so much for, I mean, and I was treated like a hero. I was treated like, a, a, right. but I expected that I'm about to be, somebody said something or did something or trigger something. And I have that all the time happening. And you cannot be a front picture without having some of that. Right, but, right. but at the same time, this was on a different level where I realized there was a healing that took place in my life that very day where I, I don't expect that I'm going to get hurt again. I'm expect that I'm going to be blessed again. I'm expecting. So that was one of the healing moments for me when I realized that actually it's like people are not after me or to get me or the enemy is not bigger than God. Right. So some of those lies that was coming in there, I just had to repent before God because God is a good God and I'm loved wow. by him. That's who I am. So I, I repented there. And then I said, surely goodness and kindness is going to follow me all the days of my life. And I just started with my gratitude list. Uh, I know the enemy is the one that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Even if he used church, friends, family members to be able to do that, those people, instead of being mad or upset, I have visited all of the people that have been involved in the pain in my life face to face. And I've taken responsibility in my life towards whatever I did without pointing the finger to what they did to me. That means that I'm free. So this is the beautiful part of the miracle key of total forgiveness. When I'm faced before the very one that did this, that hurt me, that scarred me, I have scars all of my body because of what church members did, physically speaking. And But in the middle of it, all I have is how can I bless them? How can I give gifts to them? How can I honor the people that did that? Because the reason I am entrusted with gain is because I was entrusted with loss. Because I was betrayed wow. by the Judas, that's why I have a John in my life. So thank you, Judas, for trying to kill me. Thank you, Judas, for selling me for some pieces of silver. The Judases that I've experienced in my life, if it was not for Judas, I would never, if I hadn't been entrusted with betrayal, I wouldn't be able to have some of those covenantal relationships I have today. So instead of then seeing that all those instruments of evil, of the trauma and the pain, now because of all of that, I get to help a lot of people and bring healing to a lot of people and have empathy with a lot of people that I couldn't have empathy if it was not. So that's why you consider joy when these trials comes against you because it leads to upgrade eventually. So don't get bitter, become better. Don't whine, shine. But deal with the root and become free and allowing God to come in. Don't blame it on everybody and, and everything else. When I'm coming back and I'm taking responsibility, I am not responsible for what they did to me, but I'm 100% responsible how I respond to it. Right. I, I love that picture that, you know, you're painting in that. Um, I imagine like, you know, growing up, you know, getting called to the principal's office. Every time you go to the principal's office, you know, you're in trouble, you know, so you go in with that kind of stress, your heart is heavy and you're, oh no, what am I going to get, you know, what kind of trouble am I going to get into? And 
and uh, um, being used to that and then suddenly going in and your principal saying, I actually want to bless you today. Here is, uh, you know, and, and so that's kind of the picture I'm getting and, and which I'm sure, you know, in your PTCD, you've sat in rooms uh, where you felt betrayed, like what you were talking about before in those same offices, in the same hallways with the elders of the church. And you feel stabbed in the back when you feel betrayed or, you know, or some sort of wrong has happened to you. And then you go to Texas, you step into that same room facing the same elders. And this time they just want to bless you. They want to sow into global mission awareness. They're thanking you and treating you as a hero for that. And, um, and even me personally, having the privilege to be around you, I've personally seen you, Leif, uh, and I'm so inspired and challenged by you blessing people who have wronged you, even in these past couple of weeks where, uh, um, you know, we, we're going out for a service and someone is giving you very, very poor service or the opposite. They damage what we're paying them to fix. And yet you turn around and you bless them. And that's been an incredibly challenging thing for me uh, personally, just even working under you to experience. Uh, and so I just wanted you to know uh, and our listeners to know that, uh, I, you know, personally, even within your office, your staff are inspired by your actions because they do speak a lot louder. Um and I just wanted to move on with our with the platform, Leif. You have such an authority when it comes to talking about uh, the orphan spirit. Uh, literally, you wrote a book on healing the orphan spirit, which you can find on our website at www.globalmissionawareness.com. Um, how much of the post-traumatic church disorder do you think is because of the orphan spirit in the church? And how would you advise people on how to distinguish the difference between hurt from the church versus hurt from God the Father? First of all, I, I, I mean, I think that uh, the orphan spirit is very much of a life uh, and it's it's rampant. Uh, the majority of churches are operating more like orphanages. Orphans compete with one another. Sons and daughters complete one another. In the orphan world, we tolerate one another, but we don't celebrate one another. And it's very, very different. God is restoring his family on earth. So, of course, uh, the orphans in itself, there you have like, oh, here is a pizza. And the orphan mentality is, you got a slice, I didn't get a slice, because there's only eight slices there. Right. So the orphans would then fight about it while if you are in a family you know papa god owns the bakery and it's a whole different way of living and operating but orphans then fight over things in churches and in the orphan system also you have to be you need to believe what i believe and then you says amen but if you disagree we get divorced and we start another family that believes what i believe so the orphans are very very different in the operating and you will find so much pain and so much hurt because of that orphan spirit that is driven by fear but one of the worst part of that because even narcissism as well as some of the religious spirit like the prodigal brother i mean he would hurt the prodigal son coming home and he would also hurt the father because he has been out there doing all the right things and you need to do the right things for you to be accepted and if you right. don't do the right things you're going to be hurt by the orphans welcome to religion 101 by the orphan spirit wow. so what we're seeing here now that is taking place and even in the body of christ when the baptism of love coming in would you rather have relationship or being right what mm -hmm. about the even people that are prejudiced are you going to be prejudiced against them are you going to hurt people that are hurting you so all of those different things that is taking place when we get squeezed what's in us comes out when you're full of love joy 
peace, patient, kindness, the fruit of the spirit comes out of your life, then you know that when the orphan comes in and bump into you and all that comes out of your life is love, joy, peace, then wow. you know that you are in the right place. But until then, maybe some of those instruments that God even have allowed around you is to be able to help you to develop and have an upgrade in the fruit of the spirit. Mm. So even today, as you know, some of the things I've gone through, I've had to learn patience today and kindness, and but it's been the hard way. I've had so many challenges this morning to have an upgrade in the fruit of the spirit. And some of the tests I didn't pass too well. And as a result of that, I have to do the test over again. But the beautiful part of the test is eventually when you pass the test, you get an upgrade and you have more love, more joy, more peace. But you don't do that by studying love, joy, peace, patient, kindness. You do that by having impatient people, people that are hurting you, people that are around in this world. So that's when God is actually now raising up healthy sons and daughters, and he's raising up a family that looks like the family in heaven, where we honor one another, where we love one another, a a, a place of wholeness that the world is going to be attracted to because the way we love one another. And that is the spite of what people do. It is spite of their behavior. We don't treat people based upon their history, but their destiny. So this is a different way of operating, and that's what God is doing. He's bringing a shift to this season. And this is the blessings that we get to be part of. I'd love to ask you your advice as a kind of our final question of people that have gone through some of the post-traumatic church disorder symptoms. There are people that are identifying with what you're talking about when when you talked about post-traumatic stress disorder and your car accidents and and some of these betrayals that they felt in the uh, the church and uh, and, or the rapes in the church, the victims of, uh, um, of just church trauma. What, how would you advise that they move on? How, how, do you, how would you advise that they seek healing? And, uh, and what would you advise that they do in order to receive that kind of healing? First of all, that God did not do this. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that you have evil people, sometimes under demonic influence. Also, for me, it's been helpful. I experienced an abuse when I was 12 years old. And there's other things that has happened in my life that have scarred me. But we want to also remember that some of those people also, a lot of abused people were abused. A lot of hurt people were hurt. So when I realizing like what Joseph did when his brother stood before him, he said, you didn't do this. God did this so I could bless you. When I realizing that a lot of the pain that I've gone through in my life brings me to the Father instead of moving me away from the Father. It brings me into an intimacy with Him, to experiencing wholeness from Him in a way that I couldn't do if I hadn't gone through that pain. So instead of then trying to run away from God or believing that God turned away from you, the safest place I want to encourage people to do is to find God. Second of all, find healthy community. Uh, as I'm saying, you will not find perfect community, but I have chosen. I would rather continue to trust. It's like you and I have talked about it, uh, I, and you have seen me, uh, David, and I, I trust you. I trust you with, I've been hurt before, but I choose to trust. I'd rather trust. I trust you with my money. I trust you with my time. We are new in our relationship, but I've chosen to live by trust. That mm-hmm. risk, there has a risk factor that I can get hurt again if I trust, but I'd rather live with that than trying to sterilize an atmosphere where you lose the creativity. And I think that what is happening with people is that they are so afraid that there's going to be another Judas in their life that somehow they miss out on the John or the Peter James John. So what we see people that are missing out on things because they're missing out on a healthy kingdom family and community. 
and that I am so, so grateful that I'm still living in risk. It's not a word for faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So don't lose faith in God. But also don't lose faith in people. They are not perfect. So you do not need to have the walls up and everything else. And yes, you are going to get hurt again. And I encourage people to know that you're going to live with disappointments. You're going to live with discouragement. You're going to live with distractions in the middle of everything that's going on. Those are not necessary enemies. They can often be a friend for you if you are a dreamer with God. So if you wanted to continue to dream with God, dream so big dream that you're going to need God, but you're going to need a family. But to do that also, you need wholeness and healing. Find somebody to minister to you. I've had counseling. I've had people helping me, but don't live as a victim in the past because when you come into Jesus also, you have been co-crucified with Jesus. Jesus, co-buried with him, co-resurrected with him. You become a new creation. My identity is not in the abuses. My identity is not in the trauma. My identity is in the finished work of Jesus. Yes, I get therapy and yes, I get help to become better than I am in the middle of it. And I am bringing people that I can trust to going into those deepest areas to help me to be able to continue to live in wholeness. So, but, but making sure that when you go to people, they are instruments to bringing glory to God. So I would, if somebody still has trauma, find somebody that can help you. And I know Dr. Mike that we're going to interview next week. You have hundreds, maybe thousands of people that's been trained in being able to bring healing. And he also have books and tools that he will also introduce to us. And that's part of the reason I'm bringing this topic as well because I want you to be whole. So there's wholeness for people. I am a testimony of that. And the testimony of Jesus' spirit of prophecy, what he did for me, he wants to do for you. Don't live as a victim. Don't stop blaming people and stop living in shame, fear, and guilt. Do not allow the enemy win. Let God win. And the best way, when you don't know what to do, you need to know where to go. Go to a God, a loving God, a loving father that is hurting with you. Come to Jesus that can identify with you. Because at the cross, he took your pain, he took your rejection, he took your shame. He know what betrayals feels like. He know what abuse, he took it all so that you could experience freedom. Don't walk alone when you can come to that cross and you can nail those things and nail all of the pain and nail everything on Jesus and let him bury that so that you can experience the resurrection life. That is so good. Leif, thank you so much. Um, would you pray for the people that are listening that have been traumatized by the church um, or the church members uh, or leadership and, um, and going through their own version of PTCD? I would love to do that. Father, first of all, I do want to thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Papa God, that you are a good, good Father, you are a loving Father. I thank you that you are a loving Father that loved us so much that you will send your only begotten Son. I thank you, Jesus, that you loved the Father so much, but you also loved each one of us so much that you were willing to leave perfection, to come down to this earth and to experiencing every experience that we have gone through. And eventually coming to the point, wow, it must have been a tough Thursday. And then Friday came where actually you took all, all the pain, all the abuse, all the rejection, all the pain. And you took that on yourself so that we could experience shalom, peace, wholeness, completeness, restoration in every area of our 
life. So I'm just asking now, sweet Jesus, thank you for the Holy Spirit, Holy, Holy Spirit. Just start to touch people, allowing your liquid love to going into those hidden core pain area to erase all the bad memories, all the bad pictures. Oh, I'm just coming against any shame, any false shame, where shame is telling you, shame is lying to you, shame is telling you who you are not, shame is telling you you are just an abused one, you are just this, or you are just rejected, you are just a wounded. No, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. All of that was taken and was put on the cross. Jesus took all of that so that you could become a new creation. You are pure. You are holy. You are righteous. You are a beloved son and daughter. I'm just asking for a divine exchange to take place right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are restoring us back again to wholeness, to fullness. And then the time is going to come for everyone that is listening right now that we're going to just experiencing that you're going to use us to bring healing to other people that has been suffering from the same areas. And then we're experiencing the joy of that. So Father, I just release. And even I'm sensing that some people are struggling with addiction. I saw one person there that you have, and it is connected to that pain. And you can go back again to some of that PTCD that you started to drink. And I'm just seeing that Jesus is going to visit you back to that root. And we're going to uproot that today. And the drinking is going to stop at this very moment. Drinking was just a symptom and you used it as an escapist because of the pain that you've had in your life. But at this very moment, whom the sun set free is free indeed. And with the spirit of the Lord, there's liberty, there's freedom. So I speak to you right now. At this very moment, you're going to take that bottle, you're going to empty it out, and you're going to throw away the bottle, and you're going to come to Jesus and allowing the healing, precious blood of Jesus to touch that deepest wound in your life and bring wholeness. And I thank you for every single day that you're going to be able to drink from that living water that Jesus comes to give to you. Whoever's thirsty, come and drink. And from your innermost being, there's going to be rivers eventually flowing out of your life. And wherever the river goes, there's going to be life and healing in every season. I even seeing how it's going to restore your marriage. There's been a and marriage because of this. So Father, just even right now, I thank you for the family revival that is taking place. And that's why the enemy is going after family so that we as believers will stop believing in family because the enemy is an orphan that comes to divide, but the Father is coming to unite. So I thank you for unity in a way we've never seen before. And it's going to start with each one of us as we're becoming totally one with you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, I bless you with wholeness in every area of your life. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Leif. This is such a timely message as people are starting to go back to church, uh, coming out of the COVID restrictions. Um, I think it's so timely and so needed. And, uh, and uh, I'm, I want to encourage everyone listening not to miss next week. Leif will be interviewing Dr. Mike Hutchings. He, he wrote his doctoral thesis in post-traumatic stress disorder. He's personally helped over 12,000 people with their PTSD and raised thousands of ministers to be able to help bring healing to uh, people with PTSD. So super excited for that. Don't miss it. And, uh, and thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Headland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.